Hello, hi everybody. Welcome to Football in General. This is Rob Case. And Trevor Koppel. Trevor, I was thought you weren't there for a minute because you didn't want to talk about the epic Detroit Lions collapse or your, well, let's call it misguided pick of the, the Baltimore Ravens last week. Is that is that the Ooh. real reason why you were silent there for a bit? Oh, yeah. I mean, really was that one. I, have a, I have a lot of crow to eat. Um, not just picking the Ravens last week, but picking them to win the Super Bowl at the beginning of the playoffs. Obviously not in the cards anymore. Um, I got the uh, I got the Niners Lions game correct, much to my dismay. I didn't want to be right about that one. I wanted to be wrong. Uh, so, yeah, uh, you know, of the uh, four teams left, this would have been my least desirable Super Bowl matchup. But uh, but I'm sure I'm going to find some ways to get very excited about it. I always do. Uh, it should be should be a really you know. I didn't want this uh, Super Bowl rematch, but a Super Bowl rematch is still pretty exciting stuff. Um, yeah. Let me ask you this for a scenario, right? Okay, the year is 2020. It's an election year. The Chiefs and the Niners are in the Super Bowl. Final Fantasy VII just came out with a remaster. It's 2024. It's an election year. The Chiefs and the 49ers are in the Super Bowl. A Final Fantasy VII remaster is coming out. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. Yeah, we just saying. need a we just need a fresh pandemic, and uh, yep. the picture would be complete. Yeah, we're overdue. Yeah, <laughs> we we are over we are overdue for another one. Um, I think we could use a nice little reset here, but uh, you know what do I know? So, um, yeah, it's uh, well, let's talk about it, right? I mean, let's first start off with the uh, Detroit Lions epic collapse. Um, if you had, well, there's several things you can attribute it to, and we'll get into all of them. Uh, well, hope maybe. <laughs> I don't know if we have a two, I don't know if the show's long enough to get into all of the reasons that Detroit collapsed on uh, on Sunday. But let me let me let me gauge your interest on this one, right? If you had, if I had to blame that loss on one one particular factor, right? I would say, and I think this is something that's plagued a lot of sports in terms of its uh, include. In, involvement in sports not that i'm saying it, it doesn't belong in sports because i think it has its own um impact positively however it can't rate a lot of the intangible elements of sports such as emotion or um fucking oops jeez just said, yeah <laughs> that's how much i hate it i'm sorry i've never said that on this podcast it's really how much i hate this this aspect <laughs> of sports <laughs> uh. <laughs> is analytics it's analytics right um it can't it, I, I can't i can't imagine for a second that if analytics was if it wasn't uh, what am i trying to say here i can't imagine a world where if it wasn't included I that the lions would have went for it on fourth down of those two scenarios over the weekend uh, i see um, what you mean you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, Dan Campbell has nothing to do with that call. First off, he's a meathead, uh, and it's possible he was like, "We're like we're gonna bite kneecaps, so like we're going for it. Like that's we're all in, and like that's his philosophy." I don't, I don't think that's true. I mean, I think it's an analytically driven team, Detroit Lions. And if you look at their offensive coordinator, he's very much an analytically driven, uh, among other people in that that front office and what have you. 
Um, I, I don't I don't see how the odds look. I, I don't see how they were better going for it than not in those situations, taking like a field goal. I don't remember the other one off the top of my head, um, but that's what happens. And them being up, what well, they were they up twenty four to three the first one they went for. They were. I think they were. Yeah. And they went for it, didn't get it, and immediately the whole that whole game switched on a dime. Like the momentum switched, the just the 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 energy switched on San Francisco sideline. Like if you if you go down three scores, it might no, it was twenty four ten. If they go down three scores, right? If they get the fourth down or if they kick the field goal right there, going in the halftime, like totally different game, right? Right. However, that's not what happens, and they went for it, and they didn't get it, and San Francisco is back in the game almost immediately, and they never looked back. So if you had to give me, without saying the F word again, if you, if you, <laughs> you had to give me one, and not Florida. I'm not talking about Florida. If you had to give me the, uh, the reason you thought Detroit lost that game, what do you think? I mean, I know both of us caught what we could on, on Sunday, but what would you say might have been the reason? Well, I, I'm going to bring it back to the analytics. Um, first, I'll mention that that's, that's fairly typical of who the Lions were this year. They were going for it on fourth down far more than any other team in the league, um, which is to your point about their offensive coordinator and what a slave he is to the analytics. He listens to the analytics more than any other team in the league going for it on fourth down as often as he did. Um but uh, I think that's that's kind of uh, that might be the point you're driving at is what what the analytics don't account for, uh, and this is how we make the analytics better is by factoring this in the the possible momentum change of not getting it because uh, you know you go for it on fourth down, it's not going to be a a, a game changing swing in momentum every time, but. Sometimes, obviously, as we as we saw last weekend, it will be. It's a big game against not your average opponent. Uh, so I doubt that that part is accounted for in the in the numbers crunching. Um, so that's where you know you as a coach need to be able to be like, okay, the analytics say this, but what I can see right in front of me is that this is do or die against a really good team and not picking up this fourth down could be way worse than, than punting. So, so yeah, I, I really do think you hit the nail on the head with, with where this went wrong. I'm just trying to help, uh, you know, paint that picture as to like, you know, why losing that fourth down, you know, in this situation, it just it outweighs uh, what they had to gain there if they had picked up the fourth down. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I just think that's that's where it went wrong. Um, and I, I think if you went back and watched the game, like you would, I think you would agree with me. You know, no, I mean, not yeah. like you. Like, how could you not, like, have watched it? <laughs> but, like, I think if, if you hadn't seen it or if you were just like, huh, like, I hadn't really thought about that. But, like, that is when the game shifted. That is that is literally when the game shifted. When they, they went for it on fourth down. And, yes, was that them the whole year? Like, I, I don't disagree with that. But 
I, I think like you're in an NFC championship game on the road. You're winning by two scores. Take the field goal, you idiot. Absolutely. Take the field goal, you idiot. You know, or whoever that was, you know. And as Dan Campbell, like, you are the head coach of a football team. You know, like, you're making the calls on the field. Like Trevor said, you're aware of the situation. You're aware of the emotion. You're aware of the potential impact that this – that it, if you don't get this, what it could possibly have because that's your job as a head coach. And you don't get it, and your team gets bones, and they're not going to be back. They won't be back. There's no way. This is their only choice. You know, we talk about Buffalo's window on this podcast. That was Detroit's window. It was one year. And that's it. They're not coming back. It does feel that way. And they way. didn't get it. Yeah. You know? Um, and for, what was that play? The other play. Um, and so, if you want to, okay. So, here's the domino effect, right? That happens. It's almost like a movie. That happens. Brock Purdy throws like a horrendous down like bomb to Brandon Ayuk. The safety has it in his hands, goes right through his hands, hits him in the face mask. Brandon Ayuk catches it on a ricochet at the one yard line for like a sixty five yard pass. Whew. Right? Yeah. And it's uh, and it's then, gonna go down as like a <laughs> amazing pass, but if you saw the play it was not one. Yeah, and then the last fourth down, right? I believe, Amon Ross St. Brown, like, wide open, Jared Goff, like, freaking Drew Bledsoe, just, like, absolute statue back there, like, Statue of Liberty, tries to throw a ball on the on the run, and just sidearms it, and it falls right in front of him. And you're like, <laughs> they're done. <laughs> you know, that's all I had to see. And they ran for six and a half yards of carry against the Niners. And they didn't run the ball. Hardly ever. After they had a lot of success, and they were still throwing the ball, you know. Yeah, the uh, the play calling definitely uh, definitely didn't do them any favors in that game. Awful, awful, you know. And so, like, that's it, man. And that's your window, and it's closed. And San Francisco moves on, and they were the better team anyway. But Detroit should have won that game. That's the irony. Well, and that, that's what made it so tough like, is uh, going into the game, uh, a lot of people were pulling for the for the Lions because uh, they're such an easy team to root for right now. Uh, no one expected them to win that game. And then going up, you know, by three scores the way they did so quickly, it was like, oh, my gosh. Uh, it almost happened too fast that they found themselves in a situation where it's like, this is our game to lose. And then they did. <laughs> It was a 51-yard bomb, so I said 65, 51. But yeah, yeah, still. regardless, yeah. Um, that's it, man. And so, like, if you're Detroit, like, okay, so you played this game last week with the divisional, you know, teams. Like, if you're Detroit, like, what do you, what do you do? I mean, do you do? You, first off, obviously, you're gonna make it. You're gonna make a move, right? I mean, that's just the way it is, right? Um, but like, what do you do if you're Detroit moving forward? You know, like, do you completely rely on the analytics? Do you, you know, I mean, mean, do you, like, what do you, what do you do to make this team over, get over the hump or possibly have a shot next year too? Well, so that, 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 yeah, next season, 
So I, we knew Detroit was uh, a good team last year and that they would be a good team this year. Um, what you didn't know is that Kirk Cousins would be out for the season, uh, you know, four games in. Um, and uh, what we know going into next season is that the Green Bay Packers are a contender again. Uh, I hate to admit it, but um, I'm getting used to it. Um, this was a real, you know, opportunity, not just for them to have a couple of home playoff games, uh, but uh, next season it's just going to be harder, even inside the division. You know, they'll have to play, presumably, uh, a healthy Vikings team twice instead of once. And uh, and Green Bay, they, they kind of like the Packers, or sorry, they're kind of like the Lions were last year. You know, the Lions last year, they were good. They were really good at the end of the season and just barely missed the playoffs. The Packers didn't start the season with a whole lot of uh, expectations this year. But by the end of it, man, did they look like they were probably the best team in the division, even though they weren't going to win the division. Um, and so, yeah, the, the, the Lions, you know, you can win any game any week, but it just it looks like uh, for them to get back, it's going to be even harder next year than it was this year. Yep. Yeah. No, no, they're done. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's hard. It's, it's hard to see it. It's hard they're to done. see it. Um, and yeah. that's, and like, yeah, I mean, I hate to admit this. They probably should have been in the playoffs instead of the Vikings last year. I think they would have beaten, uh, the, uh, the giants had they been in the playoffs last year. Um, but it didn't shake out that way for them. This was their year. And, uh, and I mean, making it to the NFC championship game, that's not nothing. It really isn't. I, I, I think we'd be having a very different conversation if they had just played a good game and lost, but instead they blew it after going up 24 to three. That's what happened. Uh, and so I think that's why we're talking about it this way is like, man, you guys, you guys could have been in the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl was yours. The, the Super Bowl birth was yours for the taking, and you just threw it away. Uh, and now next year, it it's yeah, back to the drawing board. Yeah, they're done. Um, <laughs> you, you know, I, I, we're going to talk about this next week when we pick the Super Bowl, and I'll have a bunch of stats and things we can go over. So you know, we'll take up a whole show and what have you, but. Um, I'm just going to move on from the Lions because they're, they're done, right? I don't need to talk about them anymore, uh, maybe peripherally. But um, <laughs> I, I laugh because uh, I think it's a cute story, but I hate it, you know? Um, Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, right? The lowest ever draft pick to make a Super Bowl. Uh, maybe a quarterback, I'm not really sure what the – what the real stat is there, but regardless, um, cause they were drafting, they had like what? I 25 rounds back in the seventies or something crazy. Yeah. I think we've had right. like a last, last overall drafted punter has made it to the super bowl before, you know, I think I saw yeah. that somewhere so this week, but at quarterback, uh, yeah. completely unprecedented. Yeah. <laughs> so he's <laughs> Mr. Irrelevant. 
He's the last drafted quarterback. Oh my God, he's here. What a story. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's one of the things I'm going to be trying to get excited about. Is that what gets you up for this game? What else do I have? Is that part of it? (laughs) I mean, you tell me. That's that's what I'm starting to lean on is, you know, go Cyclones. Uh, My my mother is an Iowa State alum. I grew up with a uh, Cyclones beanie that I'd wear in cold weather. Um, But... uh, other than some some Big Twelve pride in this uh, Mister Irrelevant, like uh, it's uh, it's the rematch that I didn't want. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, but we'll get to that in a second. Like, I don't, I just don't, I don't like. It's crazy to look at Brock. Okay, it's crazy to look at Brock Purdy's performance on Saturday, Sunday. Um, 271 touchdown reception, 89.9 QBR, 88.1 quarterback rating, uh, 20 of 31, right? Pretty respectable number. I mean, what, eight and a half yards of attempts, basically, is what it comes out to? Like, or a completion? Um, like, he was good, I guess. Uh, do you think it was him that led the Niners back? Because uh, McCaffrey no. was. No. Uh, see, that's, uh, that's why I don't like the story, because I don't think it's. You know what I mean? Oh, oh absolutely. Like uh, it's uh, it's kind of like the little fun fact that that you can't escape right now um, because it was such a big story last year. Um, but uh, but no, it's I mean if you're telling me that that uh, somehow the next Peyton Manning was drafted last overall in the draft, it's like get out of town. Um, that's not who Brock Purdy is. Um, we've known for a long time now that the way Kyle Shanahan has built the 49ers team, that they are not quarterback superstar dependent. Um, they just need somebody, they really do need a game manager. And I, and I, I don't like that term, but, but it is fitting. Um, and, uh, just because you can point to certain games and, and certain statistics and be like, well, that's not a game manager. Um, you're not going to convince me that that's not how that team is built. Um, because, you know, guys like uh, Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel and uh, Kittle and McCaffrey, uh, those are the real, uh, the real driving force behind that offense, uh, being able to do what it does. So... Uh, not to mention uh, the best tackle in all of football. Um, Williams, Trent Williams, did I got that right? Yeah. 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 Silverback, baby. Silverback. Boomer Sooner, baby. Um, you know, <sighs> future first-round Hall of Fame tackle. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, there's, uh, you know, it's a team sport, and in most situations, the quarterback is the most important position on the team. Um but I think you could argue that that's not the case in San Francisco. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree completely. I, that's why I just don't like the story. <laughs> is, it, is it cool that he's, like, he had a good year and he's been good the last couple of years? Like, yeah, sure. Like, but, like, taking it out of context, right? Like, it, it looks great. Putting it into context. Like, everything you just said with Shanahan's offense. Like, I don't... 
I don't, I don't believe he's top 10. <laughs> no. And... I don't believe he's the driving force on this, this team. And, like, I, I think it's a cute story. They're going to do a ton of interviews about it, you know, leading up to the game. And he's going to be interviewed at nauseum. And people are going to be, like, lapping his, you know, his balls, basically. <laughs> like, um, and I just, it's like, okay, I, like, can we, can we just, can we talk about what's actually who actually runs this offense for a second here? Can we actually talk to that guy or like McCaffrey or like Debo and Ayuk and Kettle? Like all those guys are probably going to give you a better interview, you know. First off, oh, uh, uh, let's face they, it the best the best interview on that know? roster is going to be Kittle. Uh, I can't get enough of that guy. Yeah. He's such a personality. Um, and uh, say, baby, that's right. And uh, he's uh, that uh, to me. That's a better. Uh, uh, story is uh, you know Kittle being a Hawkeye and Purdy being a Cyclone. Uh, I think that's more fun than the draft position of Purdy. Um, and uh, but before we move on from that topic, uh, just because it, it's been on the back of my brain while we talk about this, is uh, you know I've made a point on this podcast in the past. It's been a while since I brought it up, but. Uh, you know these these quarterbacks and wide receivers and cornerbacks and stuff. We we we, you know, it's in our nature. It makes perfect sense for us to compare them all to each other, and then you know this one's better than that one. This one's an all time great. This one isn't. Uh, there are no bad football players in the NFL draft. There's a few exceptions, you know, um, but like man. The last overall pick happened to be a quarterback, and guess what? He's he's not a top ten quarterback, but he doesn't suck either. He's an NFL quarterback. Um, even an NFL backup quarterback is a pretty damn good quarterback. Um, so there you go. I just I had to bring that up once. Um, it, 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 it I try to keep that perspective from time to time. There are no, I mean, when when you look at the talent pool that eventually leads to what we get in this league. It's the cream of the cream of the crop. Okay. There's, there's no bad football players. There's just players that aren't as good, uh, or just aren't as great. Um, so there you go. I'll, 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 I'll stop beating that dead horse now. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I don't disagree with you. It's just, you know, we are, we, we do have a, a talk show here. <laughs> you know, yeah, 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 yeah. For the sake, for the sake of a talk show, they suck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so that's that's all I can tell you. But no, um, so we we can move on um, because if there's any other story that might make you sort of nauseous, it's the Kansas City Chiefs making the Super Bowl, knowing that we're gonna have to hear about um, whether Taylor Swift is in Japan and if she'll make it to the Super Bowl on Sunday. You know. She's going to be in Japan. She's going to make it to the Super Bowl? She's going to do it? She's going to do it? She's going to make it there? She's going to get on a plane? I don't know. You know she's a worldwide music star. Could she do it? Is she going to do it for her, for her boyfriend? She loves him. You know, and you think they're really in love? You know, I... You think you're really in love? I'm so glad you asked so that I can say I don't care. Okay. <laughs> Um, I, I have not, that, that thought has not crossed my mind until this moment. Are they in love? Um, are they in love? 
I mean, so like, I, I care about that just about as much as I care about any celebrity gossip. I, I, it's just never been me. I never really cared like who's dating who and who's getting divorced and what are they going to do about their like. I just I don't care much for the whole celebrity uh, news, celebrity drama. So like, they're together, they're not together, they're in love. I don't care. Um, and and nothing against their relationship. I hope. I hope they're happy, but no more so than I hope my neighbors are happy with each other. Um, so there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's let's talk about the Ravens. Uh, talk about a team that could, probably got their window closed over the weekend. Yikes! Um, they lose their defensive coordinator, gets hired by Seattle Seahawks. Right, he's the head coach there. Uh, Lamar Jackson proved once again in big games he just can't play in big games. Man. He just can't. You know and. Um, they run the ball 16 times, you know, let's see, six to six of those 16 carries were to their running backs. Previously, you know, you can look down the list of their running backs carries per game and all games prior to that, they were averaging 25 to 30 touches. They got six on Sunday. Jesus. And it just goes to show you that, I mean, Harbaugh is a big game coach. I mean, maybe, maybe he's not anymore, but when the game's on the line, and you got to stick to a, a game plan. It wasn't like they were ever down by a lot. No, you know, no. Um, he he just crapped his pants, man. That's basically what happened. And the defense was uh, okay. You know, like the secondary wasn't great. They played really good against the run game, and for some reason, they just got away from what made them them. And they still averaged five and a half yards a carry when any running back got it. They were averaging over seven yards a carry, um, and. They end up losing to the second-ranked defense in the league, which I don't think you and I would say. I think Kansas City's defense is good. I, I don't know if they're second-ranked defense in the league good, but we'll get into that next week probably when we start talking about the Super Bowl, you know? Right. But, yeah, right. I mean, another team that's closed, man, potentially. That window shut, potentially. No, it's, it's not looking good, and uh... – yeah, like you said, they were never really behind in that game. So how they got away from their usual game plan? Because uh, I mean, look, going into that game, that's the way I saw it. I was like, listen, uh, the Ravens' defense—they're going to shut down Pacheco. And you know, not to say that the the Chiefs don't have a passing game, but that offense works best when they have a, a balance between you know Kelsey and the run game. Um, or Rice. Sorry, Rice has been electric for them so far. Um, you know, Rice and Kelsey and whoever else they're throwing the ball to, but also Pacheco just hammering it between the tackles. Uh, I didn't think that would work against the Ravens. They're they're the number one run defense this season. Um, so I thought, yeah, the Ravens. To me, the the game plan was pretty simple, pretty obvious. And the, it's like, what happened to that Ravens offense all of a sudden? And uh, I haven't seen it yet, but I know some people, uh, there was some buzz about when uh, uh, Mark Andrews was getting healthy and was going to rejoin the team. People were a little worried about it because they actually thought that him being on IR really opened up that Ravens offense. And I thought that was a load of baloney. But here he is back on the team, and the Ravens' offense just fell flat. I couldn't believe it. Um, I mean, 
I say fall flat. They had that uh, touchdown punched out, but uh, and that that could have been a difference maker. But even so, it just it was just bizarre how much they struggled to be the team that they had been all season. They just like you said again, uh, you know, in a lot of ways is even more shocking than than the Lions blowing the lead that they have, but it also uh, you would chalk it up to a similar uh, issue, which was the play calling. Yeah, uh, shocking was the word I would use as yeah. well. Um, and you know what? Bad coaching. Because y- here's the thing, right? Um, and I can tell you this. I-, I was on Twitter during the game reading it, um, and I James White former running back for the New England Patriots, literally tweeted after Zay Flowers fumbled that ball at the goal line, Coach Belichick, the one thing he drilled into us all the time was you don't reach for the goal line unless it's fourth down, you know, with the ball. Right. Because that's what happens. And if it's fourth down, what do you have to lose? It was, what, second down? Something like that. It was a big play, right? Oh, yeah. Um, And all you had to do was – like you don't have to stretch for the end zone. Just like ball if forward. you have the one, you're yeah. probably gonna you're gonna get it. Like your your run game was good. They just weren't running the ball. Um, but he decided to make a play because there was no plays. They really weren't making any plays, and there was a lot of pressure. And there's no coaching to really come back to come up and say, you know, guys, like we really got to protect the ball here. We're this is a tight game, you know, or preparing for that ahead of time mentally. These guys just went out and did it, you know. Um, and they had to make. They felt like they had to make more plays than was necessary, and that's what happens, man. And you got Legarius Sneed, first team All Pro, right, or second team yep. All Pro. Yep. And Trent McDuffie in the secondary, first team All Pro, nickel cornerback, and like just a bunch of guys that make that have been there, and they play like they've been there. And um, it showed. It really did. It showed because a play like that for Zay Flowers was inexcusable. And for Lamar Jackson to throw that interception in triple coverage, I mean, come on. Yeah. You know? Uh, uh, Isaiah likely put his hand up like he was open. He was triple covered, and Jackson just threw it. And it's like he wasn't open. Like, it was uh, ugly. It was an ugly loss. It definitely was. It really was. Uh, but I like your point about these guys playing like they've been there. Um, you know, I've, I've referred a few times uh, – in hindsight, incorrectly about how much, uh, you know, experience in the playoffs, experience in the Super Bowl, uh, makes a big difference. And, uh, I always credit that to, uh, Tom Brady and the Patriots and, and they kind of proved that rule over and over again. You know, we've got, you know, we've been here before and we know what we're doing. We know what it takes to win and, and get to the next level. Uh, that's, that's Kansas City these days. Um, they've, you know, not to say that the 49ers haven't had postseason success. They've, this is their, what, third or fourth NFC championship uh, in the last five years. Um, they finally going back to the Super Bowl. Um, I thought, uh, thought the Eagles would do better in the playoffs than they did because they had postseason experience. Uh, I don't think anybody has as much experience as the Chiefs do right now. Um, so, 
I'm getting ahead of myself with uh, with uh, the Super Bowl. We're not to the Super Bowl yet. It's still a whole week away. Sure aren't. Sure aren't. Let's talk about, um, this is interesting. I saw this on Twitter, too, which can be a cesspool of uh, football, you know, opinions, what have you. Um, somebody compared this this game for Patrick Mahomes is like, well, like, you know, he, this is this is the game that proves he's a system quarterback. By the way, he played thirty of thirty nine, two forty one touchdown, ninety two QBR, highest QBR in the playoffs in like fifteen twenty years, something crazy. He was super efficient, right? Kelsey eleven for buck sixteen and a touchdown. Probably played his best game of his career, arguably. You know, on Sunday, um, especially given the conditions and the defense he went up against, and first team All Pro safety he was basically lined up against. <laughs> Pretty damn good, you know. Um, had a great catch in the corner of the end zone, back shoulder. Mahomes threw it perfect. I gotta tell you, man, you can't. It's it's odd. We were talking. We talked so much about Mahomes all year having a down year, and he just comes out and plays an absolutely perfect game on Sunday. I, I you know, I, I was wasn't flashy. That, yeah, you know, I, I think the same thing. You know, because for yeah. for those first uh, five seasons, like. We're seeing the no-look passes, the sidearm passes, all this stuff that was always so exciting to watch him play the game. And it really felt like that just wasn't there this year. But it's the playoffs now, and it's there. I mean, he's he's showing himself. This, this season, it didn't feel like he was the best quarterback in the league. But it sure does at this point. I mean, it, it really does. He's showing us... What we've seen, we, we, we knew him as this guy before. We just hadn't seen it this season. And and now it's just like, yeah, there it is. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's the guy. Yeah, right. And um, system quarterback, I mean, no. This is a guy that can play in any system. Absolutely. But you, yeah. tell, <laughs> you tell him, hey, man, the weather sucks. It's a tight defense. All you need to do is just throw the, throw some dump offs. Let your receivers make some plays, but make make space for them to do that. And that's what he did. Oh, and yeah. throw it in tight windows. And that's exactly what he did. And Andy Reid's, I mean, he's just an incredible um, incredible offensive mind. And you saw it on Sunday. And like I said, Mahomes played. I don't. It wasn't like his best game ever. Like. I mean, I can certainly think of better Mahomes games and certainly in the playoffs, but, like, it has to be top three. I mean, against a defense like that and to go – to throw that back shoulder throw to Kelsey, which was unbelievable, you know. He had another one to Kelsey around over the center, uh, over on the right side of the field. That throw to Marquez Valdez-Scantling to seal it. I mean, the guy drops passes, like, left and right in the regular season. The last two weeks he's been the most clutch receiver in the league. <laughs> you know. Uh, and Mahomes threw him a, a 32-yard bomb to seal the game, you know. Crazy. And and that's a tough throw because that was over the safety. Had to put it right on uh, MVS. He caught it, falling down. Like, he's yeah, something else, man. Yeah, it's, it's next else. level. Yeah. Yeah, it's next level. So, um, so we get the Niners. We get the Chiefs. We'll talk about that next week. Do a little Super Bowl preview. Um, what we, uh, I briefly mentioned Ravens windows closed. Do, do you think that's true? You know, it, it feels that way to me. Uh, I don't think Lamar Jackson is done at all, but, uh, 
a big piece of their formula this year was having a really good, well-rounded defense. And that's such a hard one to maintain. Uh, the the sort of year they had this year on defense, it's uh, you don't get to duplicate that year in and year out. So if they if they want to, you know, have a year next year like this one, the the offense really has to step it up, in my opinion. And I just I, you know. Yeah, there's some potential there with Flowers, and Lamar does seem to be a better passer than he has been in the past, but I just don't think it's going to be enough. Um, and, yeah, when it comes to the window, like, like I hesitate to say that it's closed because I feel like we didn't get, uh, like, all of it, but I feel like they you got to remember how long their window has been open with the exception of, you know, when you have a, you know, the Lamar Jackson injury that was right in the middle of the Ravens window. That doesn't put the window on pause. Do you know what I mean? So like, like, yeah, the window has been open for longer than it feels because there's that gap in the middle where, the window is open, but it wasn't. And I'm starting to get lost in this metaphor. I apologize. But uh, but no, I, 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 I can't. Uh, I can't. I, it's open, but not really. Uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. It's got yeah. an apple pie in it. Yeah. Uh, so, no, I can't really disagree with you when you say that the window is closed. Um, I, it's, and, and it's, uh, you know, it's kind of a similar thing going on right now with, uh, with the Bengals. Like the Bengals are in a window right now, but not because they they the injury bug hit them too hard this year. Without Joe Burrow, the window's open, but it isn't. You know, when he's healthy again, how much longer does that window stay open? We'll find out. But uh, but yeah, the the Ravens window, uh, I can't disagree with you. Um, stranger things have happened, but uh, it feels like that window is sh- is shutting. Well, I'll tell you one window that's shut, man, and um, I, I certainly am uh, – well, I'm, I'm surprised this man has a job in the NFL. Uh, well, I mean, not defensively coordinator, which is defensive coordinator-wise, but head coaching-wise, Dan Quinn is back in the, the head coaching carousel, um, as I like to call it. He's in uh, Washington now, took, a, took the job uh, – was it yesterday he was hired? And uh, I, I say it like that because – oh, Dan Quinn – Wow. Uh, you know, he's <laughs> he went to the Super Bowl with the Falcons in 2016, but after that, 18-23, um, Washington was left at the, uh, the altar, as they like to say, by offensive coordinator Ben Johnson in Detroit. Couldn't find an, a, a good enough position for him, and he ultimately ends up staying in Detroit. We keep saying their window's closed. They got a, he's a good offensive coordinator. He'll probably get a job next year kind of with Belichick. And the, the most surprising part about this is Bill Belichick is nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. Nobody came to the altar for him. Nobody courted him other than the Falcons, and ultimately they said no. Dan, even Dan Quinn got a job. Even Dan Quinn. You know? Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's a bit of a head-scratcher. Um, another one I saw that uh, was a little 
but like, oh, uh, it's not a head coaching position, but uh, Cliff Cliff Kingsbury is an OC again. He's an OC again. I'm trying to find out now where. I think Atlanta. I think he went to Atlanta. Is that it, Atlanta? Yeah. Yeah, he's got some toys to play with there, but uh, they still need a quarterback. But, yeah, I I just didn't see that one coming. Sometimes. uh, Vegas. Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Okay. Sometimes these guys, they fade from memory uh, faster than others. And uh, Cliff Kingsbury, it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. He, uh. He's the one that screwed up in Arizona. He's the one. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's been some moves today. I tell you, um, Cliff Kingsbury, um, Dan Quinn has another job. Uh, one, one move I really liked. I don't know how much intel you have on him, but um, guy I had my eye on potentially to take the New England job, but um, ends up in Seattle is uh, former defensive coordinator uh, Mike McDonald for the Baltimore Ravens. I mentioned him earlier that he's in Seattle. He is officially the Seattle head coach. And um, good lineage. Defense assistant for John Harbaugh in Michigan for a while. Um, he really developed that that team, some of the def- defensive you know, first-round picks pretty well, and then ends up going to Baltimore, getting the top-ranked defense there. And then now he's in Seattle, man. So defensive mind head coaches, we don't need to go into this conversation again. You know how I feel about him. However, <laughs> right. I like that hire. I like the hire. He's just young. I think if you get him, I think if you get a guy young in that position, I think he'll be kind of more open to learning aspects of the offense. And I think a guy like that's worked with John Harbaugh has more understanding on like what it takes, like to be sort of QB minded as well. But um, yeah, I like that hire a lot. He ends up in Seattle with a team that desperately needs somebody there right um, you know to take take a hold of that that defense so with some young pieces. oh yeah they got some really uh they've got like like six or seven starters on that defense that are like less than 25 years old it's pretty impressive right right Tyreek Wollin Devin, Devin Witherspoon um, of course you know how I feel about Jamal Adams but <laughs> Yeah, we don't have to get into that. Um, and yeah, some other guys like like Trevor was saying. That's the pivotal pivotal team. I mean, pivotal pieces on that 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 defense. So, um, couple couple of moves on the uh, the head coaching front. And then, uh, well, we wouldn't you know wouldn't be uh, doing a podcast if we didn't talk about every aspect of the NFL. And here we are. Um, the Pro Bowl started today. Um, we might as well get this out of the way. <laughs> Because um, I think we have a yearly rant about our, our disappointment in the execution of the Pro Bowl and what it used to mean and what it does now. Um, but, I mean, let's be honest, man. How do you feel about the Pro Bowl in general? And that's our next football show. But how do you feel about the Pro Bowl in general? <laughs> right. Well, you know, it's, uh, you know, when, when, when Rob and I were uh, young men, uh, very young men, the, the Pro Bowl was uh, a real smash mouth game we were talking before we got on the air some of these highlights from from the 90s where it's like oh my gosh these guys are these guys are going 100 percent, you know full speed uh want wanting the win and uh and uh because what they had on the line was uh was was worth it um nfl salaries were substantial but smaller 
uh, back then. And then uh, the Pro Bowl kind of changed where you, you'd have these superstars, but they were never they weren't going all out. It wasn't worth uh, risking injury to uh, to be the team that won. And now we have the Pro Bowl games. Uh, and the skills competition is nothing new. It's all, it's been fun for a long time now, but, uh, I believe they do not actually play a game of football anymore. I, I think they're going to have a, uh, a flag football game this weekend. Uh, but, uh, the, the Pro Bowl has really changed. Um, and I can't say that it's the wrong move. Because uh, something needed to be done, even just getting rid of the actual game, because it was becoming a. It wasn't real football, you know. If these are the best that we have to not make it to the Super Bowl, uh, but they're not going all out, they're not giving us their best. Uh, what, what what are we really watching? Um, so I do think there's room to improve. The uh, the skill competitions uh, they've been a lot of fun, but trying to get more creative with that. Uh, I saw some clips today that were really entertaining. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm all for the skills competition. I think it's really fun. Uh, whether or not I can get excited about a flag football game, yeah, we'll see. But uh, but yeah, I think i think we're living through the end of an era it's not really the pro bowl anymore yes it is not i wouldn't call it a pro anymore i would call it a uh i don't know i <laughs> there's no there's no joke here it's just it, it sucks man um I, you know i did i look forward to watching the pro bowl I thought it would, what did it didn't it used to always be after the Super Bowl too? So it was kind of nice to like kind of like wrap up the, the year with it, right? And then they moved it to the week b- between the Super Bowl, right? Because um, they uh, they thought it would improve yeah. the ratings if it didn't happen after the main event. You know, I liked it after the Super Bowl. To be honest, I I thought it was just like like was the game laid back? I mean, I, I guess it was in a lot of ways. I mean, they definitely played harder. Like back then, even in the early 2000s, than they did at any other time. Um, however, like I just thought it was a nice way to wrap up the game. It was, the season. It was almost like the Army Navy game in college football. Sure. Like yeah, you just I, knew I the regular season was yeah. over and and everything was done. And like it's they're playing for pride and like some money and some like other accolades and what have you. And like you know the the atmosphere is very festive. And you got really cool shots of like the Hawaiian Islands and. Like Chris Berman would be in like a, <laughs> a Hawaiian uh, shirt, yeah. You know, yeah, Hawaiian shirt that was like straw too small hat. for him. Yeah, straw. yeah. Like, and it was fun. Like, it was like legitimately fun. And as the NFL does, they just ruin a good thing <laughs> for the fans. Like, and and people traveled to go to that game because there's probably a lot of fanfare and there's like things that like really involve the fans and. Like, the local Hawaiian folks would go, and, like, it's a vacation spot, so there's probably people that would just, like, just go there just because it was like, oh, hey, the Pro Bowl's here. Like, let's just go, you know? Heck, yeah. So I thought I thought that was, like, a lot of fun. And then they moved it to Orlando. And, like, who would... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, the only people that are going to Orlando right now are, like, freaking... 
you know, like New Englanders and like people from New York, you know, because they're like getting out of the cold. Like they're like uh, snowbirds, you know, for the most part. And I think last year we talked about they should move it to like the same. They should move it to the Super Bowl, right? And have it be like, I, I, did we say the week? I mean, I think it was okay. We were okay with the date, but like, have it be the same place as the Super Bowl. I think that would be so. It's kind cool. of like a week experience. Exactly. I think it'd be way better. So how, like you start, how do how do they mess this? You start. How do they with mess the, this up? Pro Bowl games in Vegas this weekend, and then the Super Bowls in Vegas next weekend. I think that makes a lot more sense. Um, a lot more opportunities to like cross promote. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I think I think it's a good idea. I I think we need to get in touch with uh, with Roger and uh, try to make something happen. Gotcha. Maybe maybe get Rob a little bit of. Uh, credit for that because uh, I think that was your idea. How, how do they how do they mess this up? It's uh, what a, what a missed up. Isn't it like I mean it's it's almost like uh, well it's almost like the Lions on Sunday. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean isn't Ouch. it like <laughs> isn't it like glaringly obvious that like the Pro Bowl should be like in this week so it's like a fan fest kind of deal like it leads into the Super Bowl even if it's like Monday Tuesday or Wednesday. And right. then you have the Super Bowl like that weekend, like right because uh, they they've already spread it out like the skills competition that started today, um, so it's not like the Pro Bowl what it is now being the Pro Bowl games. It doesn't have to happen. It doesn't have to happen on Thursday. It doesn't have to happen on Sundays. It could absolutely lead into the uh, Super Bowl. I completely agree. Yeah, like, how do you, how, so as the NFL, like, once again, like, how do you mess that up? You know? It's freaking I don't know, so they, stupid. They, they need us. That's what they need. <laughs> so dumb. I, I hate it. Um, <laughs> so dumb. And <laughs> it's so dumb. I, and I don't even know how I feel about skills competition. You said they should be better. Like, dude, the quarterback club, give me, like, Ten of those guys slinging balls, like, 90 yards down the field. Like, on targets, hitting stuff, and, like, in their uniforms. You know, backwards hats, probably drinking mimosas before they get out there. You know, like, that's that's what I need. I need, like, those guys just absolutely hitting dimes, you know? And, like, I don't even care who they are. Like, throw out, like, Josh Dobbs out there. Like, let him throw a 60-yard pass on a dime, you know? That was fun. And they would do, like, interviews, and they'd be mic'd up, and then... I, I guess you could say I haven't watched these skills competitions. I heard dodgeball is always a lot of fun, right? The flag football games were fun last year. They had, like, the little tournament. Kind of cool, you know? Yeah. But, um... I don't know. I, I, they win money now, right? Isn't it, like, kind of monetarily? Yeah, I don't know how that goes anymore, because I, I know... I know when it was the... Pro Bowl that, uh, you know, all the participants got a base salary. And if you won, uh, it was like double that. Um, or, or maybe maybe it was more than double, but it was more money, uh, at least double. Uh, and now it's like without a an actual football game, like are we just playing for individual prizes when it comes to uh, you know the long snapping competition. 
Um, so I, I have no idea how, how that shakes out. Um, I do think that the players really enjoy it. Uh, not that people are worried about that, but, uh, but from what I've observed, like the players are having a ball, uh, with these skills competitions and, and as a spectator, that's kind of the fun part. Uh, like with the quarterback skills competition, the accuracy competition, like you get to see, you know, when you watch a game, you get to see two quarterbacks. They never take this, the field at the same time. But when you're watching these Pro Bowl games, it's like, yeah, there's like six of the best quarterbacks in the league all all lined up, ready to take their turn at this uh, accuracy uh, competition. And it's, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a cool concept. They're, they're uh, laughing they and found... joking with each other, and it, it kind of humanizes them. Uh, in a way yeah, that you're I not used to seeing. Yeah. Right. See what you're saying. Um, and they got the line snapping competition. They got the special teams competition now. It's cute, Trevor. Okay. It's all yes. cute. Do I care? I don't give a crap. <laughs> I want to see some dudes. I want to see some meat slapping some meat out there, baby. <laughs> I want to see the. I want. I want to see the meat hitting the meat. And if you get these guys a huge purse to win potentially. That's, you're going to get some guys in there being pretty competitive. Oh, know? yeah. Like, if you're like, hey, a million dollars to each person on this team if you guys win. Like, we won't tax it, or that's Ooh. after tax, you know, yeah. and it's in Florida, so there's no there's no income tax on it. Like, you know, like, go out there and just kill each other. I would friggin' love that. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's all I'm asking for, man. I know I'm asking for too much. But I, I want some meat. I want some big, slappy meat out there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just a couple no, of millennial good. sports fans really wishing that it was yeah. still the 90s. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's it. Yeah, I just, uh, I'm living in the past, baby. I want Mike Allstock to come out of retirement. Absolutely. And in the wrong direction. Oh, man. CSCT, yeah, I, probably, I drive to but... Florida for that. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, man, we're not going to get that. And uh, you know what I would like, though? It would be kind of fun if they did a Legends game, like the guys that could still play. Like no, that derby. that would be fun. We've like, we've talked about that around this time last yeah. year, like uh, especially like a flag are, fo- flag football. Like they're doing flag yeah. football. It's like yeah, let's bring yeah. out To and Ocho Cinco and Jerry Rice and whoever else is up for it, uh, and uh, you know, see if we can get some highlights. Yeah, I'd be all about that. Yeah, I, I think I like that a lot. Um, I mean, is it going to happen? I doubt it, but. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it'd be fun. Like, yeah, a little flag football game, and you know, Dan Marino's throwing passes, and Troy Aikman, and Joe Buck's out there for some weird reason. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like I, I think, I think that would be fun. <laughs> Joe, but, did you get lost? Did you get lost? <laughs> yeah. How did you get over here, Joe? <laughs> My goodness. Yeah. So, um, well, anyway. Uh, what was he going to say? Yeah, man. Well, we'll keep an eye on it moving forward. And uh, unfortunately we'll watch it and have to review it next week. And next week, man, it's the big show. That's the Super Bowl show. They kind of wrap up our season. We'll see what our recording schedule looks like after that. There's obviously usually a lot of news between after the Super Bowl all the way until the draft. And then we'll kind of figure it out from there. Um, two and a half point favorites, by the way, San Francisco is. Wow. Going into all this right. game. Two and a half all point right. favorites, right? We'll, see, we'll right? see how much that changes in the next seven days. Because um, I, I, yeah. expect, uh, I expect that to fluctuate a bit. Uh, but, yeah, I can't wait to jump into the game 
next uh, Thursday night. We'll do an in-depth breakdown, analysis, predictions, all that fun stuff. Definitely got a lot to say about it. We'll um, have a lot of stats to sort of support our theories. We'll go down through the list. I'll have about 10 or 11 things we'll talk about leading up into our predictions about different aspects of the game and matchups and whatnot because that's what it's about. This is like the ultimate like individual matchup game analysis. Like we could throw it out there in the last few weeks we have and say, well, you got this, you got that, you got this in history and da-da-da-da-da. But at the end of the day, the Super Bowl is all about the superstars, and there's a lot of them, and there's a lot of individual matchups you want to keep an eye on, and things that are kind of unique to each team in a way they hold each team down or can exploit certain weaknesses and strengths and what have you. So, um, yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, I'm going to have a lot of things prepared for you guys. So, moving on, uh, Trevor, you got anything else to say? Uh, no, just that, uh, you know... <laughs> Not to be a broken record, but uh, yeah, if you're a football fan and you don't have next Sunday uh, planned yet, like, you know, don't be a jabroni. Make sure you're going to be watching it with as many people as you can, as many sports fans as possible. Uh, Go all out with the food, the big screens, public, you know, at-home party, whatever you're going to do, but uh, do it big. It's the Super Bowl. Yep, yep, that's uh, what Trevor's basically saying is break out the, the crock pot oh, and yeah. uh, fondue, right? Whatever sort of skewers you can have uh, be covered in a possible chocolate fountain or cheese fountain or ranch fountain. Or they have ranch fountains now. Just kind of crazy. You know what I you saw? Know, that's only in America, I saw a, a gravy fountain for biscuits and gravy. Yep, you can't hate yeah, that. That certainly that didn't, probably list. didn't get clogged. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure it didn't get clogged at all. I can't imagine the person who had to clean that. Probably pretty horrible. <laughs> right, pretty frightening. But just, just throw anyway, it out. Just throw. yeah, yeah, just yeah. You know, well, you know, we're gonna use, yeah. One time use fountain. Yeah. You used it for yeah. gravy. One time. Right? Yeah, recyclable. Yeah, fountain. Um, hopefully. Well, <laughs> until next week, man. We'll come come back and cover all the sports, the sports balls, and the footballs, and the balls and balls. Until then. We're out.